This is the Hacker Valley Studio Podcast, exploring the human element behind cybersecurity programs and technology. Welcome to the show, everybody. In this episode, we have the powerful Laura Garnett. She's a performance strategist and the author of the best-selling The Genius Habit. In this episode, we discuss finding that genius within all of us, the dynamic between passion versus purpose, and also the dangers of being achievement-oriented. If you like this episode, be sure to check out more episodes at hackervalley.studio. And as always, if you'd like to support us, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Hacker Valley Studio. Let's get right to this episode. What's going on, everybody? You are in the Hacker Valley Studio with your hosts, Ron and Chris. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back again. We have a very special guest with us today. We have Laura Garnett. She is a performance strategist and also the author of The Genius Habit. Uh, Laura, it seems like you're doing some really amazing work. And I'm also looking forward to your new book that's coming out, Finding Your Zone of Genius. But first off, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. Laura, I loved your book. My wife and I, we actually sat down and listened to parts of it together. And in the beginning of the book, you talk about your background. It's such an interesting story. For our listeners that don't know who you are just yet, would love to hear a little bit of your background and what you're doing today. Sure. Well, I was in uh, the corporate world for 11 years. I worked at Capital One, Google, and a startup. And then I had a massive career crisis and got laid off in the last financial crisis and ended up deciding to build my dream job. And through that process, created the, the methodology and the work that we're talking about today. That's great. Uh, you know, I was actually uh, reading through parts of the book just over the past few weeks. And yeah. I do like the first part. Part one is challenge. And yes. the first part was talking about already being a genius. Yes. So I wanted to kind of expand a bit on that. What does that mean exactly? You know, kind of harnessing the genius that's already within you. Yeah. So that that is the intellectual challenge. What is the thinking or problem solving that you're best at? And this is the gene. And I use that word genius because it's something that you already do and that you're exceptional at, but often aren't aware of. And this goes back to one of the the critical data points of great performance, which is that you need to be actively intellectually engaged in the work that you're doing. And the easiest way to be able to see if the work is challenging enough or not challenging enough is to, to be able to identify your genius, that thinking or problem solving that you're best at, and then look at the work you're doing and from that perspective and be able to say, am I actually really using my genius? And oftentimes when people are feeling bored or not engaged, it's because they're not, they're not using that genius or they're not really being who they are as a result of that. One thing that I wanted to ask for our listeners, once you find your own personal zone of genius and you discover that that current role that they're in, the thing that they're doing every single day isn't in alignment with that, what is the advice that you would give to our listeners to make that pivot? 
Yeah. So, you know, this is in many ways very common and sometimes not so common, meaning that you kind of think, oh, if, you know, I think there's a sphere of let me identify my zone of genius. And then all of a sudden my job's not wrong. My, the industry's not wrong. Everything's wrong. And that's, that's really not the case. So, but I think the first step is, and, you know, there, there are checklists that you can go through in the book is to figure out, you know, are you using your zone of genius in your current job? If the answer is no, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to change jobs. It means that you have to figure out if you can mold your job more easily to who you are. That's the first step. So you can kind of look and say, okay, are there things that I can do or projects that I can seek out or work that I can ask for in my current job that's better aligned with my genius and my purpose? If that isn't the case, then you look at the larger organization. Is your purpose, your, and is that connected in some way to the mission of the organization? If that's true, then there, there, more than likely there's another role where your genius could be valuable or applicable. So you could look you know, for a different job within the organization. If that's not possible, then you begin to do the search and saying, okay, maybe it's time for me to change companies and change jobs. But the exciting, and most often people are scared of this. I find one of the biggest reasons that people aren't happy at work is because they're, they're scared to actually go through the job search process. But when you know your zone of genius, it actually makes the job search process that much more enjoyable because you can speak with clarity and confidence about who you are in interviews and you can more easily see, hey, is this role going to allow me to use my genius or have the impact of my purpose? And so that's that's exactly what, what you could do. I would love to hear some examples of uh, maybe some experiences that you've had over your life or just working with individuals that have been hoping to find if they're using their zone of genius and then uncover that, in fact, that they are. What are some examples that come to mind when when it comes to finding the personal genius for people that you've worked with? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, well, with everyone that I work with, the first step is to identify their zone of genius. And I would say that most people have a vague sense of what their genius is. And I'll, I would say most people have no idea what their core missional challenge is and what as a result is their purpose. So finding the information out generally has an immediate uh, result of just, I would say, kind of clarity and confidence because all of a sudden you have a sense of who you are and you have language to describe it to others, which then begins the whole process of operating in your job or even thinking about your career from a different place. There's the confusion, the, un, the not knowing, the, all of that is gone and clarity and confidence comes in its place. So you use the word habit, and habit is such a powerful word hmm. uh, in, in humanity, in my opinion, because it's habits that build success in anything that you're doing, whether you're playing sports or it's in your career. What what are some habits that, maybe even from the book, that people can apply tomorrow to start moving closer to their goals and their dreams? Absolutely. Well, the first thing is that I would say at the root of the genius habit is awareness. 
And the tracker, the performance tracker that's in the book, and you can also go to my website and download a version of the performance tracker and start using it tomorrow for free if you want. That will help you start building the genius habit tomorrow. But in absence of that, it's really just awareness. It's slowing down. And when you have those moments of, oh my God, I'm so on fire, I'm in the zone, to pause in that moment and just ask yourself, what's the thinking that I'm doing? What's happening? What is, what is creating this moment? Because that awareness is what is the, is the beginning of being able to see your zone of genius. And it's also critical for being able to recreate those moments. What are some thoughts that are going through your mind when you're in the zone? What is also, what is uh, you being in the zone uh, look like? Sure. Well, so my genius is an, an, I call it an insight excavator. So what I'm exceptional at is seeing patterns in data and drawing insights from them and then creating action from them. So what I experience, and, and I've you know really built a business around my genius, and then my purpose is helping people see themselves for who they are. So that's the impact of my work that I have regularly. But when I'm in a client call, when I'm sitting there and asking questions and my clients are answering them, I'm constantly looking for patterns in that data. And I actually feel kind of a buzz in my brain, but also in my body, I feel kind of buzzed when I get an insight. I see, I see a pattern, I get the insight, I share it with them. And it's like, you know, kind of the, everything kind of explodes in a way. It, it, it feels like you're a little high. That's how I would describe it. <laughs> naturally high. <laughs> yeah, naturally high. Yeah, yeah. Meditative, yes. <laughs> no, what I you love just about feel, the book it's is kind of a- like this mixture of peacefulness and energy, super energized, but also very peaceful. Yeah, I, and I I do love that feeling whenever we get into that zone. Mm. Ron and I actually we we quite often find it when we used to go to the coffee shop, you know, you know before COVID and all this stuff. Yeah. We would just be able to get so much work done and make so many leaps in our progress just by being able to focus and being in our environment. But obviously, you know, now that everything's kind of different, it's it's harder to it's actually harder to get to the zone for me personally. Oh, One thing is. I wanted to ask is and there's a, an entire chapter in your book about this is does our zone of genius actually change as we age and evolve you know i have not seen that happen now i've known mine for 8 years and i've been working with some clients for that long as well and i don't see their zone of genius changing but what does evolve and change is how you apply it and also your expertise deepens and you know as you're going about it so what i would say is the zone of genius is kind of like you know it's who you are but you can apply it to an infinite number of opportunities or or ways of operating that's that's what is kind of the exciting liberating part of the journey is that its application is infinite but i have not seen that it changes of course once you're able to to really nail it and 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 it's right. I would I've had some clients that you know in the beginning it's a little vague. They haven't really been they've never operated in their zone of genius and I'm I can't reflect back something that's never that they've never experienced. But as they as they start to really 
experience it and you see it, then it doesn't, it, I have not experienced it changing. If someone were to sense that their zone of genius was changing, does that mean that they didn't, you know, correctly identify what their zone of genius is at a, a specific level? Maybe it was yeah. too tactical. Maybe it was too focused on something that they do and, and less about who they are. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. It, knowing your zone of genius is connected to your self-awareness. So if you have never done any sort of personal growth or understanding of yourself, then your initial view of your zone of genius might just be on the surface. The deeper you go, the deeper you connect with who you are, then the more accurate it will be. And then from that point forward, you know yourself. So then the journey becomes about how you apply it and how much more skilled you become at using it, if that makes sense. That does make sense. Yeah. So when I, when I think of the zone, I also kind of think of a flow state. Would it be fair to say that these two terms are synonymous? Absolutely. I mean, Mihaly Shasekhmihai, the author of Flow, that book changed my life and I loved his work. And I talk about it in, in the book in the sense that he, you know, he really coined the term flow and talks about the fact that in order to have flow, you need to have, you need to have a goal and you had to have, uh, you need to have the ability to sense that you're moving towards that goal. You need to have feedback on that goal and you need to have a sweet spot of challenge. And when I read that, it was the sweet spot of challenge that I couldn't figure out. And so that's really where I took my work is with, I was, how can I help people find this sweet spot of challenge? And that really is the zone of genius. And so, yeah, so I think flow and being in the zone are, are, are very similar, what I would, are, are the same. I just help people get really, really crystal clear on what that sweet spot of challenge is. And I bring in the sense of purpose, which I also believe, you know, and look, the science of psychology and performance has evolved over time and the awareness of motivation and fulfillment has increased. And that's a critical component to actually experiencing really being in your zone of genius and in flow as well, I believe. One thing that I think about is, you know, Cal Newport, he talks about this uh, passion hypothesis. Mm -hmm. And some people might think, oh, this is probably a book talking about chasing your passion, but it's completely different from that. It's actually like finding job satisfaction based on your personal abilities. I would love to hear your thoughts on like the passion hypothesis and people just kind of like, you know, I'm just going to follow my passion because I think it's a current state where people are looking at social media and they're thinking like, oh, I can just do whatever I want to do and be successful. What would you have to, to say to those people that are having that, that mindset? I'm so, I'm so glad you brought this up. I love talking about passion because it is such a you know, especially in the world of success and career, it's a word that's used all the time. And honestly, I, this really, it's, people are confused because what they're confusing is passion and purpose. And passions are something that are very, can be short-lived. Passions are things that you love and you might love them for a little while. You might, and they usually burn out over time. Passions usually have a time frame to it, or there's a time limit to it. Like, for example, I love cooking, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to cook every day, all day long. I like it in short mm -hmm. 
little increments. And so when passion is used to apply to career, that's where the problems start to begin. Because if you follow your passion, it could die out. And that's often what happens. And people are like, well, wait a second, I followed my passion. Why don't I love what I'm doing? That's because passions miss out on those two data points that, you know, I created the zone of genius framework really grounds people on the two scientifically, the two data points that make up great performance, what you need to be challenged intellectually, and you need to be fulfilled by the impact that you're having in the world. And so passion is, doesn't give you either one of those data points, which is why when you just follow your passion, you can end up with nothing. What I, what I say is that passion is a nice to have. And when you are challenged intellectually and when you're fulfilled and motivated by the impact that you're having, that's intrinsic motivation, you don't care about passion. And, you- and in that case, a pa- it's kind of like a Sunday, you know, passions are the cherry on the top. If you get it, you're like, oh, great. It's kind of like awesome, but it doesn't shift you, move you, alter your life. Being challenged and fulfilled, me being in my zone of genius and having being having the challenge and the purpose box checked makes passions fleet, you know, nice to haves, but I don't need them because purpose is right. enduring. That impact is that intrinsic motivation is never ending. Passions are finite. I'm sure when you're working with individuals and organizations and helping them find their purpose, it can be easy easy to get caught up with searching for that impact that you provide, searching for some type of sense of achievement. Uh, What are some things that you see from your perspective when it comes to putting too much emphasis towards the achievements that you receive? Mm. And what are some ways around uh, not getting too caught up in the achievements that you're, you're hoping for? Yeah. So that's, you know, again, you mentioned achievements. That is one of the ways that most people get sidetracked in terms in you know in the journey towards loving what you do and being successful beyond what you can even imagine because achievements will steer you in the will will get you off track because it's kind of like they're candy when you're when you're challenged and fulfilled by the work you're doing that's like having green juice achievements are the candy And what I mean by that is that it is a very fake version of purpose. And, but the challenge is that our society is very candy driven. We are an achievement oriented society that tells, that tells you that money and prestige and power and getting the deal is the most important thing. And so people go after the achievements. And when they get the achievement, they not only get that hit of dopamine, of that, that feel good that hits your brain. That's very short term, very short term, but they also get recognition from society that says you're on the right track. You're making a lot of money. Great. But it, but oftentimes what it doesn't do is it takes you away from the process. I see people time and time again that say, I, yeah, I love what I do. And then when I talk to them more, they like winning, but they don't like the process it takes to get there. And so within a certain period of time, they're burnt out, they're exhausted. They don't actually love what they do. They're just living on those short hits of dopamine. So that's mm. the problem with achievements. 
And what I help people do is you love the process just as much, if not more than the achievements. The achievements will always be there, but they should be a really fun moment that that dopamine feels good. There's no doubt when I book a client or I get a deal or I hit an achievement, I celebrate it feels awesome. But I've had just, I've had more joy in the process to get there than just that moment. So it's a nice to have. Yeah, I think that's, that's such a good point, you know, you know, believing and enjoying the, the process. One thing that I think about is, you know, Ron and I, we do this podcast. Mm. And it, it's beautiful to be able to say, you know, oh, these people reach out to us, and they're saying this changed my life, things, you know, things like that. But I, when I listen to you talk about, you know, feeling that process, it has to be intensely gratifying when you're sitting down with a client and you're working through your your trade craft and you're getting these aha moments, you know, with your clients like right there in person, how does that feel for you? Oh my god. I well, you know, it's the oh, that's such a good question because it feels amazing. But what's because again, that's kind of someone saying to me, like I get people that reach out and said, you changed my life. And when I hear it, it's kind of like an achievement in the sense that I'm like, oh my God, my work helped that person. That's great. But what, so I get a dopamine hit of, I, I'm, I'm actually achieving a goal. I'm helping people. But, when, but it, it provides me with purpose because when people tell me, I finally saw myself, I finally understand what it is that gives me purpose in life. And I, my life has never been the same. That's how, what I experienced in, for myself. It gives me purpose. And there really is nothing better than that. The, only, the thing that comes the closest to having purpose with the work that, you, that you're doing and having that impact that literally is like fills my soul is having a child. They're very similar. You know, when you have mm-hmm. a kid and the, the role of parenting is just all per, it's all impact. You're, it just fills your heart all the time. That's exactly the impact that my work gives me when people share with me that I'm, I've helped them see themselves. That's the, that's my purpose for my life is to have that impact. What's the most dramatic change you've seen in one of your clients working through uh, the process with them? And then all of a sudden they just shoot off into the stratosphere. Do you have an example of when that's happened for you? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, it's, it's interesting because there's oftentimes, and again, this is not something that happens and then it's an overnight success. Like, oh my God, this person was nobody and then all of a sudden they're famous tomorrow. They're Oprah, you know. <laughs> um, of course, if that happened, I'd probably be a billionaire, but you know what? That's yeah. not what I want. And that's really not what I'm all about. Um, and that's what's interesting. This is, this is not about changing someone overnight into something bigger and better. It's, it's about someone getting connected to themselves and really starting to operate in the world in a way that is true to who they are. And so the, the most kind of the biggest examples that I've seen of that and what that ends up creating in someone's life is that they, I've had a couple people who more than a couple, but a couple that come to mind right now. And what they've done is as soon as they saw their zone of genius, it built their confidence. So they were immediately able to recognize in their current jobs where it was showing up and where it wasn't. They pivoted immediately. So I'll, I'll share one example. Let's call her Janet. She was working mm-hmm. in a consulting company 
And she, because she had low confidence, she always said yes to everything. So, you know, when someone, the CEO would hand her projects, she didn't care what it was. Yes, yes, yes. So she was bored. She was almost burnt out and she didn't understand why because she felt like she was doing everything she was supposed to do. She was taking all the work she was doing and she was doing it to completion. When we labeled her zone of genius, and in her case, her genius was a process strategist. So she was all about building really strategic, great processes. She was immediately able to differentiate which project was right for her and which wasn't. And her purpose was to help companies or individual reach their potential. So she started saying no, you know, and she never even thought of that. Oh, I could say no. She started saying no. So she got the projects that were far more interesting to her. Within six months, she left the consulting firm and started her own business. Within six months after that, she got a job offer that was her dream job to go be a COO at another company. And she decided it was so Mm. perfect because she knew her zone of genius. She called me. We went through it. We're like, this is actually the perfect job. And she left her business and went there. And then within eight months after that, she made another pivot that was even bigger. And so what I would say the most extraordinary shifts that I've seen is people really doing the work. She continued to fill out her tracker every week. So this habit of of operating her zone of genius, being who she is, building confidence, building perseverance and a growth mindset, she was committed all the way. So her vision of her career, she kept achieving it. She would create a vision, she would achieve it. She would create another vision, she would achieve it. And I've seen that happen multiple times. And it's that is absolute, absolutely an extremely liberating journey and process. That's fantastic. I, I love hearing stories like that. You're, you're like a true coach because, you know, these big pivotal moments in these people's lives, you're the person that they call. They're like, hey, can we work this out? What are we going to do? And you, you, you coach them. It, that has to be an immense amount of pressure on you in some ways because you're helping guide these people through, you know, the, the most important decisions that they might ever make in their careers. How, 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 do, how do you handle that, that type of pressure? Well, you know, I, I see it differently. I call my, I actually call myself a performance strategist in the sense that, and I would say I am coaching them, but I would say I'm helping them be who they are. So I'm, I'm, I'm guiding them to themselves. Here's the bottom line. I believe everyone has all of the answers to every question they have within them. They just haven't been able to excavate them. They don't have the habit or the process to see that, to get access to that data themselves. That's essentially what I'm doing for people. I'm helping them see the answers that are already there, and I'm reflecting those back to them. And so for that reason, I don't feel pressure. I feel as though I am, I'm providing a mirror to them that helps them be as powerful as they can be. I actually... I, I, I feel the opposite of pressure. I feel honored. I feel excited. I feel, I have to say, I get, I love, I just love seeing people be who they are. That's ultimately every, everything I do is around that, that goal. That's phenomenal. And that's such a great way to look at things. And I also want to say that I think because I've seen this in so many people that everyone, everyone, everyone has the potential to complete greatness, to whatever their dream or, or whatever they think they want, their desire or their dream, everyone has that possibility. So that's the other piece to that, which is 
this isn't just for some people. This is for everyone. And I think people do need the reminder of that because sometimes, you know, even me throughout my life, I felt like I was not deserving of of greatness. I was not deserving of, you know, finding my place in this world. And I, I think that's a message that people need to hear more often. And, and thank you so much for that. And thank you for being on our show from the bottom of our hearts. This has been a, an amazing experience for us. For folks that want to learn more about you, learn more about your framework, what are some ways that people can do that? Yes, you can go to my website, lauragarnett.com, and feel free to go check out the Genius Habit tab and go to the trackers and the tools and download the performance tracker or join my newsletter. I send it out every two weeks and I give free advice. And I'm also post, I write five articles a week for Forbes. So you can get all of that information through signing up with my newsletter. Great. Thanks so much, Laura. It's been a pleasure. And we'll also be sure to keep an eye out for your new book that's coming out. Um, Yes. Definitely subscribe to that newsletter. And we'll see everybody next time. Thank you so much. This has been so fun. 